0: Oh, it's time. It's time for Freightonomics. Freightonomics, welcome to the show slash podcast, depending on how you are viewing slash listening, where we combine the freight market data with the macroeconomic environment and squish it together. I am Zach Strickland, head of Freight Market Intelligence, Anthony Smith, chief economist here at Freightways. And today we have got a big show because the illustrious Dr. Zach Rogers is joining us to give us an update on the LMI in July. Uh, it rhymes, that's why I said it, Anthony.
1: I just, I just found out that I was um, really causing some havoc in production and my mic was off, but I'm excited <laughs> to join the show now. But yes, LMI in July, so we'll have Dr. Zach Rogers on in just a few moments. Also, I'm gonna be watching Freight Waves uh, LinkedIn from time to time, so if you wanna join in, be a part of this show. Welcome to any questions for ourselves or Dr. Zach Rogers, any topics throughout the show, be a part of the show. I'll also even do a step further and watch YouTube and maybe Facebook as well. So join in on the show, leave your comments and anything like that, get Zach canceled, whatever it might be. And then, uh,
0: is it Facebook still? Um, yeah. And I want to bring, you know, obviously I want to get to Dr. Rogers quickly, Anthony. So uh, let's go ahead and give Mark, mark in too if you want to count me. as. Yes. And three,
1: two, one, go.
0: All right. The OTVI leads us off once again. This is the headline figure of the month of July. Now that we're in August, still a headline figure. Uh, OTVI starting to trickle down a little bit, but doesn't erase the fact that what happened happened. Tender volumes did increase five uh, to 6% in the month of July. And it trended higher there for a minute. It's starting to trickle back down. I don't take too much out of this. It's not a strong drop or anything. And that's actually a decent sign. That this has some legs under it, a little st- sustainability. It will be something to monitor moving forward. I don't know that this is going to, this is the inflection point that we were looking for in the overall market. There are some signs that this may be transitory um, as we move into the third and inf- the end of the third quarter and the fourth quarter. Might be a little pull forward here. We'll see. Dr. Rogers may give us a little insight here as well. Uh, moving into the next one uh, the tender rejection rates, capacity does not care uh tender rejection rates still under four percent tender volumes increased normally what we would have seen would be a big spike in tender rejections with that level of a demand side increase did not happen here so arguably people may not even know that this demand side increase is happening because capacity is able to gobble it up exquisitely let's move to the next one here and look at the tender uh rejection rates in phoenix and los angeles so This is an area of the country that is feeling the the crunch here. Tender rejection rates increasing over 4% in Los Angeles. They've been taking higher since April. And in the Phoenix market, we just had a huge spike. So I wanna show you the spot rates out of Phoenix because these two markets have been relatively active this summer and it's a little unusual. Let's move to the next one here and look at spot rates from Phoenix to Dallas. Spot rates there in green, contract rates in purple, spot rates above. The contract rates going from Phoenix to Dallas. Let's look at the reverse lane real quick. Spot rates dropping from Dallas into Phoenix. Unheard of. Exact opposite trend going inbound. So <coughs> Phoenix market, dude, traditionally an extremely oversupplied market is on the verge of flipping as we've seen significant warehouse
1: growth out there in the desert that warehouse aspect, definitely going to be a big thing that we're going to be chatting with Dr. Zach Rogers about in just a few moments. But Zach, we we got to talk about, of course, the rise and volumes overall. And now we're starting to see those somewhat of a retreat, but really overall throughout the entire period, essentially what we got from rejections is just like a cool story, bro. Yeah, man. Just a sign that, hey, there's just so much supply on the market or capacity on the market that really what we would need to see is more or, or lessening in overall supply of transportation in order to have any kind of meaningful up- increase in rates.
0: Yeah, it just, it doesn't seem to be mattering outside of the West Coast where we've seen Los Angeles return. And these rates are up compared to where they were a few months ago. This is by no means like the market is collapsing out West. You know, those trend lines were only six months trend lines uh, coming out of Phoenix. And it's, it's like a slight bounce <laughs> you know <laughs> off of a bottom uh and it's happening there faster than other places of the country the rest of the country still just kind of like meh volume's not really mattering uh, but the west coast is is an intriguing
1: uh development if you yeah will. big development also a quick shout out to people on LinkedIn thanks for commenting so far Luis thank you so much uh, Martinez Danielle and Krista uh shout out from Los Angeles AFL so Thank you guys for tuning in. Appreciate the participation. Yeah, and I wanted to mention uh, before we
0: get to Dr. Rogers, uh, we had some earnings. C.H. Robinson, CEO, Bozeman, makes earnings call debut after tough Q2. I don't think there were any surprises here from the nation's largest brokerage. Uh, total revenues declined to $3 billion in the second quarter, down from $3.3 billion in the first. And of course, their shipment count was actually, their shipments per day were actually up from the North American uh surface transportation, to uh, so 15%. Uh, they were up 15% uh, and that's meaning they're doing more, making less. <laughs> uh, and this is not unusual in this market. You're talking about getting a volume play. Tra- traditionally, C.H. Robin has a volume play market share grab. Uh, they wanna get a lot of activity going through their system. That's how they make their money. Um, and they're sacrificing margin. Uh, at the same time. And of course, a lot of those figures showed pretty, you know, you know, they're still making money. Yeah. <laughs> so it's not, it's not the worst case scenario, but they are going sequentially lower. I think this tells us that number one, the second quarter was kind of what we thought. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> was it great? The market's still in decline.
1: And also an interesting time for, of course, a uh, new leadership to be on board. Just like, all right, I am here. And, uh, Here's the situation.
0: Well, you know, he can always, it's easy in these transi- transitional states. It's like, well, it was their fault. Yeah. You know, but at the same time, it's the market's fault, guy. I mean, this isn't, <laughs> you know, yes, there may be some operational efficiencies. I know that the the ownership wanted some new direction at this point, and I understand that. But um, it's too early to tell. This isn't obviously his doing. It's not his undoing. It's... <laughs> He's got a market that he's inherited. He's got a company that he's inherited that I I, it, I can't tell if there's any change or not.
1: So knowing that, because I think, you know, it's spot on, especially whenever you're in a, a you know, there's a new role or something going on, you can always blame, hey, it was the last yeah. guy's fault. But now I think he's going to be on the clock. How long do you think until people start getting a little bit restless for results?
0: I think it largely depends on what his, cons- like his com- competition does. Yeah. If they start outperforming him, then that's when we'll know. Uh, and that, you know, it's obviously, he's been there for a quarter. <laughs> uh, so, I mean, that's, that's, time will tell on that one. I don't think, I think he's got a pretty, I think he's got a year yeah. at least before we're going to start to see those
1: comps make, make a difference. Right, right. That makes a lot of sense. And I mean, like you said, this is definitely a, a transitionary time and interesting market to kind of jump into. And also, Zach, do we, we bring it in. Let's do it. Let's,
0: Let's bring him on. I want to get to the. I want to get to the meat uh, of the <laughs> of the show right here. Uh, Doctor Rogers, thank you once again for joining us. I know your your time with us was cut short last time, uh, unfortunately, and we didn't get to to finish it. So I want to I want to cram as much Doctor Rogers into this show as I can. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm
2: fine. Okay, so um, so LMI in July. We should have made shirts. Um, but but you know, Zach, like what you're saying about the second half of July is absolutely what we saw, uh, in the LMI this month. Uh, for those, uh, uh, long-time listeners, they don't, they don't need to, uh, uh, you know, for me to re-explain this, but if it's your first time, uh, the way the LMI works is we go out and we ask uh, a whole bunch of folks, transportation, warehousing, inventory metrics, are they contracting? And if they're contracting, we'll see a number below 50. Are they expanding? If they're expanding, we'll see a number above 50. And we break things down in a bunch of different ways. And one of the things—it was actually the the chart we put right up at the top of the report this month because I thought it was so interesting—is early versus late July, uh, because so essentially what we did is we broke down our respondents the first to the the seventeenth, uh, which I chose because it's halfway and my mom's birthday, so seventeenth, and then eighteenth to the thirty-first. That was the other side. And um, and what we saw there uh, for transportation, I thought was was really telling. So transportation utilization and transportation prices both moved up by 11 and a half points in the second half of July. Now, they were both still contracting. Okay, so uh, transportation utilization came in around uh, 48.9, about 49. Transportation prices were at 42. So that's still contraction, but it's much lighter contraction than what we saw in uh, in the first half of July when they were both down in in the 30s which is really a, a fast rate of contraction and and I think it's interesting and, and, and the real reason I, I picked the 17th is because that's right around the time where it really started to look like hey uh maybe yellow is in big big <laughs> trouble and, and not going back from this and so we saw a lot of folks kind of shifting um you know uh, shifting tenders over to, to other alternatives and I think we are finally what? starting yeah. to see equilibrium not 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 actually equilibrium yet but a move towards equilibrium. In the freight market. I mean, what we've been saying, uh, both us and and you guys for the last year and and a year, by the way, is how long transportation prices have been contracting. Uh, The first contraction we saw is July 2022. Now we're July 2023. They've been contracting for a year. And what we've been saying is, well, there needs to be a rebalancing uh, in the market until we see some capacity exit. We're not going to see prices come down. And capacity has been a little slower to exit, I think, than any of us anticipated. And in hindsight, it makes sense because so many people had giant cash reserves after just, you know, an awesome year, uh, in, in 20, late 2020 and, and through most of 2021. Um, but now we are starting to see some move. That doesn't mean that, that prices are going up any everywhere other than Phoenix, which is now the warehouse capital of the West coast. Um, but, but, but we are moving towards, I think, um, uh, some balance in the market, and it's really interesting. I I broke out a graph, and um, uh, for 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 uh, uh, my friends at, at at DC Velocity yesterday, and 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 one of the things I I showed was late July, early July is the mirror image of March 2022. So in March 2022, we had a 91 in the first half of March, and then suddenly we dropped down to like a like a 79 or something. This month we had, and this is for transportation price. This month we had a 31. Jumped up to forty-two, and so we saw that same really sharp movement in late July versus early July uh, that we did in early March twenty-two, late March twenty-twenty-two, which I think a lot of us would would define as um, uh, would define as sort of the beginning of the slide uh, in the freight market. So you know uh, we have balancing, I think, rebalancing on capacity, probably to thank for that. Um, maybe Taylor Swift injecting five million dollars <laughs> into the freight economy too. I don't know how big a deal that was. Um, but, but both those things, I think say, maybe it's not the inflection point, but it looks a lot like the inflection point did when we were going back the other way, uh, 17 months ago.
1: And, uh, Dr. Zach Rogers, one of the big things, of course, I was just mentioned there was of course, all the warehousing activity going on in Arizona. Can you tell us about some of the aspects of inventory levels and what's going on with warehousing? Because this seems like a really interesting situation right now.
2: It's really re- interesting um, you know we're seeing such a split between our upstream and downstream firms uh, you know if you just looked at the overall inventory number uh, for for this month it was 41 uh, I think 41.9 which is actually the lowest number we've ever had. Uh, so that's the, the the fastest rate of contraction we've ever seen for inventory levels happened uh, this month. when you break that out uh, you see that upstream firms so this would be manufacturers, uh, wholesalers, we're at a 37 downstream firms. So retailers, anybody's consumer facing was at a 51 and a half. And so we are seeing some things, uh, you know, growing and, and mostly what we're seeing right now is like stuff for back to school, um, some sort of consumery stuff. Uh, and then of course there's a ton of, uh, factory construction going on right now, which I, you know, I guess I think is, is because of the the legislation that was passed last year, but Phoenix specifically, is going to be more impacted by this downstream inventory levels uh, than they would upstream. And the reason for that is because a lot of the, you know, if you go around the, the 303 loop where they're putting a ton of stuff in, a lot of it is e-commerce. And okay, we kind of ran out of space in the Inland Empire, so we're going to bring it into to Phoenix and, and ship out a bunch of e-commerce and things like that. And this sort of turned into a, a regional distribution up for the West Coast. Um, so we have some inventory growth in part of uh, the economy no growth in, in other parts. Was that due to, to warehousing? Well, we see the same uh, sort of uh, dynamics in warehousing um, where prices are much higher uh, downstream than they, are, uh, than they are upstream. And uh, what's funny though is uh, capacity is, is still really big downstream. So we have this weird dynamic right now where we have capacity coming online in warehousing which I thought at this point uh, that we would really kind of be stepping on the brakes with warehousing, but we're still building stuff all over the place and prices are still going up. And a lot of that is because the warehouses that are being built, a lot are for e-commerce. And so they're inexpensive areas uh, of the world. And then also we just see a lot of construction uh, for manufacturing. And so we have all these semiconductor stuff going on and, and high capacity batteries, electric cars, and there's huge supply networks that come in underneath it. And so we're seeing a lot of high tech warehouses, a lot of uh, warehouse in expensive areas come online. And so we're really seeing resilience in the warehousing market that we certainly didn't see in transportation. And despite inventories being still pretty low, warehousing, even though it's softened, is still
0: showing growth across all of our metrics. Yeah, I, you know, and thanks for the shout out to to T-Swiz there. My daughter has actually reminded me that She's injected money into the economy. Uh of course she's a huge oh, fan. He,
2: he put hundred and forty I I went to the concert. I got yeah. an eleven year old at my house. So yeah. it was kind of to her, and honestly, maybe the thirty eight year old was at my house is also just as <laughs> exciting. My wife. But but we went, she put 140 million dollars in, into yep. Denver uh a couple weeks ago. She may be the most successful economic policy of the Biden administration, I think, is Taylor Swift just going across the country. And-
0: and, and, of course, shout out to her bonusing the truck drivers uh, that are supporting her tour. Oh, absolutely. Uh, but s- a supply chain <laughs> <laughs> here. I, w- I want to talk about this divergence between upstream and downstream a little bit. Like the upstream, of course, wholesale, uh, manufacturing, it appears to be a little bit more like poised to strike in terms of like overall activity, whereas the retail side has been You know relatively it's been softening the most because it drove a lot of the pandemic era activity do you see anything there that makes you think that well maybe that lends credence to the fact that retail might have a softer impact this fourth quarter and the upstream side of things might get a little bit more active or do you think there's the switch of that I think we are
2: poised for, for upstream. You know, Like okay. we mentioned, uh, in addition to, to Taylor Swift, the other good economic policies are the CHIPS Act and right. inflation. And there's all this economic activity. And you know what's fascinating to me? that the, the one stat I thought was most interesting from this month's report was future upstream versus downstream for transportation capacity. So this is estimates from our upstream and downstream respondents for where will transportation capacity be in 12 months. And uh, what we saw downstream so this is the retail side what we saw downstream was a 73.5 which means a lot of capacity coming online upstream we saw 49.4 that means slight contraction Uh, about about even but slight contraction we haven't seen contraction in transportation capacity since the first two months of 2022 and suddenly upstream is saying you know we actually think markets are going to get a little bit tighter moving forward and i think that's because of, of two things one you know, yellow and, and third biggest LTL carrier in, in the country going out of business. That's obviously going to tighten capacity more on the upstream side right. than on the downstream side. Um, but also, I, I think that we're seeing some momentum behind there's going to be growth. There's going to be activity upstream. You know, consumer confidence index is at 71. We're up 11 points from where we were a month ago and way up from where we were uh, a year ago. Inflation seems to have calmed down. And we have all this. Uh, stimulus now, you know, if you think about what happens, and Zach, you're absolutely right, retail drove the economy for so long, because what were we doing? The government was putting stimulus into consumers. And so consumers were spending a bunch of money. That's pretty much dried up by now. And now what we have is stimulus into the industrial side. We're doing all of this work for manufacturing and infrastructure and all this stuff. And so I would expect us to see a similar bump upstream because of all this stimulus that we saw downstream in 2021 to me it's, it's sort of the same thing now the trick would be let's not overheat the economy <laughs> again like crazy but but i don't think we will because people won't spend money quite as crazy as it is when it's you and me i think companies be smarter about it but it really i, I think you're absolutely right it seems to me that our upstream respondents and they're they're future LMI, by the way, is two points higher for the overall index than than downstream. So it's it's across a couple categories. categories. Um, I think that we're going to see a little more tightness upstream, especially as we move forward uh, into late 2023
1: and really in 2024. And Zach, we're looking at what's happening upstream. One of the things I think is intriguing about this, of course, is interest rates continue to be trending upwards as of now. Do you see this as a potential headwind as some companies look to invest in maybe infrastructure or more expansion overall in capital good expenditures?
2: Well, sure. You know, there's there's a great example of that here. Um, they're trying to, to work on the Eisenhower Tunnel, which goes uh, over the mountains uh, uh, near Denver if you want to go skiing. And they had some money earmarked from it when infrastructure first got passed. And now it's like, well, that's actually not enough anymore because inflation has increased costs by so much. So we're going to need a little bit more money to do it. So you have a lot of, I, I think... Um, uh, situations like that. And look, interest rates have gone up like 11 times in the last year. I mean, when was the last time that happened? 1982, I guess. And so, uh, of course, it's a shock. I do think, though, that a lot of that uh, the interest issues have passed us by by now. You know, I, I it seems highly unlikely that we're going to have another 11 uh, increases of the interest rate over the next year. I, I would imagine that we're through the worst of it. And so I think that firms are starting to be less hesitant because you're absolutely right, Anthony. People didn't want to put down a big investment or spend a lot of money if the interest rate might be a whole point higher in four months by the time a project actually gets off the ground. And so I, I think we did see a lot of caution. And of course, you know, we'll, we'll see what happens with the Fed and if they, they want to keep going with this or not. It seems like they're going to slow down. The other thing I would say with that is aggregate logistics costs uh, so when we put all of our all of our costs together, um, from you know uh transportation, uh transportation, warehousing and and uh and inventory. When we look at it, they were there were a one fifty six um this month, which one fifty would be breaky. Uh so one fifty six is just barely growth. And that's down from uh two hundred and seventy uh a year and a half ago. And, and if you look at the San Francisco Fed, they're doing really interesting work with breaking out the drivers of inflation. And, and one of the main drivers all last year was supply inflation. So supply costs were really, really high. We had shortages, uh, inventory, we had way too much inventory, warehouses were really tight. That's really been worked down now. And so even if we still see some you know growth in consumer demand, which we continue to see growth and everything, I believe that because supply costs have come down by so much. That really blunts a lot of the impact that inflation had. And so I think people are optimistic that interest rates, maybe we're going to go up another 0.25, but at this point it seems really unlikely that we're going to ever, ever go up another full point,
0: uh, at least you know in the next year or so. So uh, you, know, you mentioned inventory levels and of course the polarizing uh, responses from the upstream and downstream. Do you feel like the inventory situation has largely corrected? Are we back to a point where people are now ordering uh, I think the report actually mentioned that people have kind of abandoned this just-in-case almost entirely uh, and are now kind of in this just-in-time mentality. Do you think that may actually provide a little bit of a boost here later in the year as people kind of are waiting to the last minute to place orders? I do. You know, if you look at TEUs coming into the port of LA
2: um, scheduled for this week, we're up 54% uh, from the same time last year. And so we are seeing it because at this time last year, there was no peak season. You remember that? That was fun. There was no like nothing came in because we already had way too much. Staying. Right. We've worked it down now, and you know what? I'm pretty sure kids are still going back to school later this month. I'm also almost positive Christmas will be on December 25th. Like, like mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure all these things are still going to happen this we'll year. We'll see. And so it it seems, and and whatever other holidays you may celebrate, but but they're all coming up, and so. People are still going to be bringing stuff in. I mean, you know, Target has corrected itself. Walmart, all the big guys have have corrected themselves. And it's funny if you look at big retailers versus small or large versus small firms. So that's one of our new. Uh, I think it's new actually since last time we talked to you guys. We break our our groups down into over a thousand employees and, and less than a thousand employees. The over a thousand group inventory is right at forty nine. So it's pretty much yeah we're we're we have inventory just sort of here. But we're being very um, just in time with it, right? It, it's right at about fifty, and so if inventory is right at about fifty, it means some comes in, some goes, and we try to keep everything level. Now the small firms are at thirty-seven, and I think the small firms are being really cautious because of how badly they were burned uh, a holiday twenty twenty-one, and then through so much of twenty twenty-two, and they may not be able to afford uh, to to overestimate again. But I think that that firms are thinking, okay, we can go to JIT plus. We have so much slack now in the um, uh, in the transportation markets that we can get things here quickly if we need to. It's not going to be like September of 2021 when there's 112 ships off the coast of uh, Long Beach. We can get things over here quickly if we need to. Plus, I I mean, it looks like it's going to be a big service uh, spender anyway in Q4. I think um, so. There certainly is revenge spending and revenge travel and all that stuff. We're not going to have inventories as high as we did in 2021 there's no way we're doing that again for a couple of years um but i do think that we will see uh inventory start to build up because we have absolutely corrected at this point we you know we swerved way in one direction when COVID happened overcorrected the other way i mean it's like driving a car you swerve to get out of the way of something you swerve too far back the other way and now the, the the swerves we're making are getting slower and slower and pretty soon i think we'll be going down the road nice
1: and straight Oh, man. are we done Zach already Rogers. we're already done and it's we could have gone on for another hour or so but thank you so much for joining us drink more, more water and we'll see you all again next week